Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Why don't we pray? Yeah. Okay. We thank you so much, Father. We are so grateful that you have given us freedom and time and all the necessary things and resources to know you and to serve you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you are such a faithful God and we can trust you fully, Lord. We pray, Father, that you will teach us today and you will help us to understand who you are and how we can walk with you. We want to be like King David, Lord, a man after God's own heart. We will do what you say, Lord. We want to be obedient children or disciples. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last time we have studied about the subject of the shepherd. And the Bible clearly talks or teaches us that God is our shepherd. And he also wants some of his people to be the shepherd of his sheep. God is in heaven. He can take care of us supernaturally and spiritually. But in a practical way, he still appoints and anoints somebody to shepherd his people. Because when people come into the kingdom, many of them are still immature still weak, confused, ignorant. They can be destroyed by the enemy. They can be deceived by the devil, by the world system, by the surrounding. So God wants to protect his people, wants to train and mature and develop his people. So he still uses men and women to do the job for him, as his shepherd. Definitely, this is mainly the ministry of a local church because uh, we want to make sure that all the brothers and sisters and Christians in the church are trained and discipled and taken care of. Uh, For the mission, we may shepherd some leaders there, but we cannot shepherd everybody in another church, in another country. It's not practical. We can help some of the leadership in another land. But for the local church, we make sure that members are taken care of. Therefore, the church needs to produce many, many shepherds because one man can do so much. So you need to help each other to look after people. Cannot depend on one pastor or five pastors in the church. We need to raise up more people to do the job. Uh, Definitely, the pastor will help the shepherds to do a better job too by giving input, by training, by giving direction and advice. So we still depend on each other and work together as a team. But the whole purpose is to make sure that the God's people will be strong, will become mature, and rise up to one day 
can take care of other people. Yeah. So it's a life cycle. Amen. Yeah, life cycle that this generation, which trained by the previous generation, our generation must train the next generation because one day we will die, and to we will sleep, <laughs> not die. We will sleep and be with the Lord. So the next generation have to rise up and continue the work of God. So the church that doesn't make disciples or train shepherds eventually will die, will collapse because there is no next generation. When we get older, then next generation or backslide. So that's my burden to see that this church will continue to have good shepherds. From generation to generation, definitely in reality, God's people are the cheap, so they may have different problems, whether they know it or not. People come into the kingdom with baggages, with yes. previous problems, with some bondages and sin and sinful habits or some immaturity. So when the cheap comes in, our church or, or the church of God have the responsibility to shape them and help them to grow mm-hmm. by the word, by example, and by teaching and training, fellowshipping. So the purpose of having the church is not just to come on Sunday to worship, give tie to the back and go home. No, yeah. the church should disciple, train people to rise up. That is actually the core reason we have the church. It's not just Sunday service. We want to make sure that all the members are strong. And the chief can come with different reasons. Some chief like to be alone. They don't want to fellowship. They just like to be by themselves because they lack understanding about fellowship. I just heard that one member in our church uh, stopped coming to church now because that person just want to watch TV and don't want to have any fellowship. So in this, when I heard that, it made me concerned. So I call right away, and I want to get the phone number. I want to visit. I want to try to stir that person up back again to fellowship, because it's not very safe to be alone. You are in danger to get hit by the devil. You need to be in the flock. Some sheep may have problem of rejection, growing up in a family with dysfunctional parenting, and they come to church with a lot of problem, rejection and low self-esteem and inferiority complex. They don't see themselves valuable or precious. So sheep come in with all kinds of problem, all kinds of thing that the church need to help them. To overcome, yes. to grow and come out from all this immaturity and become a strong Christian, and that is the heart of God. When we start the church here, I don't start because I need a job. I don't need a job. I already have a good job. Yes. But I start because the heart of God has put into my heart and say, "Son, can you do that for me?" So that. Desire of God to help members, to help God's sheep to grow, has been burning in my heart from the first day because that is the calling, the 
to start this church anyway. It's not about I need a job to get salary. It's all about God's people. That's why I want to train more shepherds. And in order to train more shepherds, we need to study the Bible and learn how to be godly shepherd. We don't want to use secular system in the church. We don't want to use worldly ways in the church. We want to use God's way to help people, to lead people. That's why the Bible is our guideline to build people up. I don't want secular system. I don't want worldly system. I want biblical system. I want heavenly ways, not man's way. That's why our church try very hard not to get out of the Bible, try to stay in the Bible, and not welcoming any worldly thinking into the church. I want the church to be spiritual, godly, heavenly, not worldly, not secular. So we're going to look at the first thing is Jehovah, the Father. How he is the shepherd. And we can follow his example. Today we're going to look at Jehovah, the shepherd of our soul. Next time we're going to learn about Jesus as the son of man who walked on earth as a shepherd. So we're going to see the father and also Jesus as a shepherd. And we will look at how Jehovah, the father, shepherd his people by looking at the Bible. And we want to follow his footsteps. We want to imitate him. We want to be godly shepherd. So the scripture that talk about God as a shepherd is in Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 to 16. Ezekiel 34, 11 to 16. So let's read first and then we make a conclusion. Ezekiel 34, 11 to 16. For thus say the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his sheep in the day that he is among his flock that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them out of all places where they have been scattered in the day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. And I will feed them upon the mountains of Israel, by the water courses, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie down in a good fold, and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my sheep, and I will cause them to lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek 
that which was lost and bring back that which has strayed. And I will bandage the hurt and the crippled and will strengthen the weak and the sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong who have become hard-hearted and perverse. I will feed them with judgment and punishment. This is from Amplified Bible. We can see from this scripture that Jehovah, the shepherd, is searching, seeking to find the sheep that have gone astray. Sometimes the sheep come in and they get stumbled by somebody in the church or get negative word or voice from the devil and they begin to get bitter and have negative attitude toward the church and toward people and they stop coming to church, stop coming to the fellowship. They just suddenly disappear and get into trouble. God the Father, the shepherd, will search for these backslidden sheep. He wants to bring them back. As God's shepherd, we should have the heart of caring and loving people who are weak and get attacked by the enemy and start to walk away. Don't touch them. Don't point finger to them. But we should love them. Open the door for them to come back. Visit them. Call them. Whatever the Holy Spirit leads us to do, try to bring them back as much as you can. Pray for them. We need to care for the Lordship. Christian who backslide or who walk away from the fellowship. Definitely if they move to another church, they are under another shepherd, we will not bother them because they change the flock. But if people just go out and disappear <laughs> and don't go to church anymore, then our church still have the responsibility to pray for them, follow them, call them, visit them, and keep the door open all the time. The bridge always there for them to come back anytime. Keep good relationship so that they can call you anytime if they want to come back. God the Father is that kind of shepherd. He really search. He look. He never ignore the sheep that has left the flock. He always still keep them in his mind and he still pray for them. He care for them so much. We should have the same heart. We should care for people who disappear from the church or backslide or have troubles in life and start to go downhill spiritually. We need to help each other because one man cannot do it. That's the reason why we have care groups. Because in the care groups, that group will help each other to make sure that everyone in that group still doing fine. Actually, I noticed I haven't seen a lady in our church for a couple of weeks now. This afternoon, I plan to call her. Uh, she may be out of town, I don't know, but I'm going to call to find out how she's doing, just to let her know I care. You are still in my eyes. Even though we have hundreds of people sitting there, but I know you don't come to church. I know you don't show up. So the heart of the Father wants to make sure the sheep is doing well. For God's level, any sheep in the world, for human level, because we have limited time, there would be 
two kinds of people. Those who used to be in our church, or used to those who get saved in our church, born again in our church, we have the primary responsibility to make sure they are taken care. Or people who already join membership, we have the responsibility to make sure they don't disappear. Definitely, we still need to look for lost sheep, which means non-believers. They're lost. They actually they were created by God, but they rejected God. So that is the worst kind of sheep <laughs> that just totally reject the shepherd. We still need to get them back too. So we need to care for the non-believers, care for the believers. But in the practical way, as human being, we cannot take care of everybody in the world. Therefore, if I find out that a person already has a church, commit to a local church, I will leave that person alone. In fact, this is a real story. A man was moving from Portland area to Bellevue. He takes me. He's a Thai man. He takes me and he said that I'm moving. So like, I want to let you know. The tone of the text is sound like he's gonna come to this church because he know me. And then I did not hear from him for two months. So suddenly the Holy Spirit kind of remind me of him. So I text him and call him. Left the message. How are you doing? Did you move? Did you find an apartment? How is your family? So he called me back. I did my part as a shepherd to make sure that he did not come to this city and disappear. So I tried to show love to the man. His family has not moved yet; still in Portland area. And eventually, he texts me, "Oh, my kids like another church." He say like that. He, my kids like another pastor, so we're gonna go there. I text back, "I thank God you find your shepherd." And from there, I'm gonna back off. Because it's not my responsibility anymore. I don't want to bother with a member of another church. It's not ethical. He takes me. I have chosen a pastor. I rather spend time with you, because you are with me. It's not fair for me to go out to take care of the member of another church. It's not my business. Let the pastor take care. I take care of my members. It's my flock here. You see, I need to focus my time on my flock. But definitely, people still out there. Has no church to go. Yeah, I will try the best to get them to to go to some church. Maybe not our church, but they should go to church to find a shepherd or a pastor. Not only that, the Bible say that God will rescue them out of all places where they have been scattered in that day of clouds and thick darkness. I like the Bible language. He say, I rescue them. Out of the places, and that place is full of thick darkness. <laughs> It's a picture of God's people who have been so tortured and so blinded and deceived by the devil. Darkness. They may call themselves Christian, but they're living in darkness out there somewhere. That God say, "I want." These people to be set free from darkness and come back to the light. That's the reason why, from the mission point of view, 
I'm so diligent in producing a lot of teaching and put into the podcast, iTunes, Internet, YouTube, because there will be people out there that in darkness they may be so weak Christian they don't go to church. Suddenly they click into the YouTube, they find me, they listen. Oh, this happened a lot actually. The people email me, "Wow, I have not gone to church. I'm so down. I'm so depressed." Suddenly I got into your YouTube and I listen. I wake up, I go back to church. So I still use technology to get people back to God. To the shepherd Jehovah, they may not come to my church. That's okay, because we have the job to follow God's heart to get people back. Sending the word out, praying for people. Some of them even demon come out of them at home. I just got the email from Thailand that somebody listened to the teaching and demon come out. The mom, the mom kind of weak, cheap. That didn't go to church. Demon come out. After that, she say. I want to go to church now. I want to serve God. And after a while, the whole family emailed me. I want to start a church with you now in my city. I'm tired of that church. I I want to have a real church now. Something like that. You see, so people need to come back, but they are in darkness and they don't know. They're so blinded. We send the word out to heal them, to touch them. I cannot be physically there all the time. I thank God for the technology. Thank God for the internet. It's very fast. You can touch a lot of people around the world. You see, that's why I really work so hard to produce teaching to get to the people out there. And the same thing in the local level in the city here. We will do anything to try to get people who are in darkness and scatter back to the church as much as we can. But again, I cannot do it by myself. I need help from everybody who is mature. We all need to have the same heart to do the same thing, the heart of the Father. Okay. I will bring them out and gather them from the countries. Will bring them to their own land. What is their own land? The promised land, the Garden of Eden. God want to bring them back. The Garden of Eden today is symbolic of the place of the blessing. The word, the Garden of Eden, the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of Adam, the Promised Land, abundance—all terminology mean God's people live in the land or in the spiritual land that full of the blessing of God, and that should be. In the local church and in our own home, every home should be like the Garden of Eden. Every church should be the Garden of Eden because God is there. So God want to gather them. The Father want to bring them out of the people, mean the world, people who reject God. Gather them into the country, into the land, back to the house of God, back into the flock, into the today we call the church. Actually, it's the flock, it's the church. If the sheep are strong, if people love God, people worship God, get trained in the Word, touched by the fire, I'm happy. I don't care much about building. I don't care much about nice carpet because my heart is about people. I'm more concerned about your spiritual life than how the building look like. 
Because I see from the Bible that God wants to gather people into the land. My concern is that is this church the Garden of Eden more than is this church one million dollar worth? You see what I mean? I am more on the spiritual side than the natural side. The key is that Jehovah, the Shepherd, still want God's people to be together in the local church, and even ten people. It's better than to be out there by themselves. You know, we started a church in Switzerland. They have about 10 to 20 people. London, about 15 people. And I spend money to fly there. It's a lot of dollars. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because to my eyes, they are not less important than 400 member church. Because they are God's people. And they need to be together. My job is to go there as representative of Jehovah to gather these people and make sure they will build the promised land, the Garden of Eden there. It may not be as big as some huge church there. I don't care. I want the reality. I want this group of people to love God. And if the church is going to grow more, people come in, thank God. But the key, we want reality. We don't want just a fakey <laughs> showing church. I want the heaven on earth here. I still think that 10 people still important because God never say, oh, I'm going to love 4,000 member church. I don't care about 10 member. Everyone is important. As they come together, God is happy. Gather them together. And that is the place where they get a good teaching, the Holy Spirit, love, care, grow up, mature. That's all it counts to me. You see, because that's the heart of God. That's why I don't want the secular system in the church. I want God's way to bring them together. He continues to say, I will feed them. God wants to feed his people. And he feed them with the word of God, with his love, with the care. That's why we need to teach the member. We need to give people the word. We need to encourage people to read the Bible, to get fed from the word. He wants to feed his people. The church needs to feed people with the word of God. We need to. That's why we don't sell the teaching. Listen as much as you can because that's God's heart for you to hear, to feed you. God would want to feed you with the word of God. We don't want to have even one penny stop people from hearing the word of God. You don't have money, you can still listen. It's not about money. It's about God wants to feed them. Feed them upon the mountains of Israel. Okay, this is all biblical terminology or symbol, symbolism. To me, the word the mountains mean high place. Is that right? Yeah. High place, high altitude has no Satan, has no snakes. In a high place, it's a place of high anointing. Do you remember the cloud and the fire came upon the top of the mountain at the time of Moses? So God tried to give the symbol of the place that the word of God come out on that mountain, the Ten Commandments, the presence of God was up there on the mountain. Moses went up to the mountain to meet God. So the word the mountains in the Bible to me is the church that is so full and high in the glory, in the presence of God. The place that is so high in the spiritual life. It's not the secular place. It's not the world system place. It's a place 
where heaven manifests, where God manifests, where people are so safe and protected by demons and Satan, the place of high authority. Mountain mean authority. Mountains mean high, thick glory, thick word, strong word. The place of joy, the place of victory. So I see the church that way. That the church should be the mountains of God. Definitely, we don't build a church on the mountain on Mount Rainier, but it's a symbol. Mountains to me are the symbol of strong church, triumphant church, victorious church, full of the presence of God, full of the word. People are strong. People know how to deal with demon, deal with Satan. So God said, "I want God's people to be in that kind of church." So as a pastor. I need to build the mountains. I cannot compromise in this church to make it just make it everybody happy. I need to please God by building the mountains. Amen. Yep. Church have to be like that. Very. <laughs> yes. And I don't care how many people. You know, it doesn't mean. Yeah. Sometimes people think, oh, that is ch- big, big place, big church. It means they are better than you. Not to me, because Mormon also have a lot of people in the world. Yeah. So you cannot look at numbers. So you cannot just count by number that you are strong or not. I think you need to look at the quality too. Quantity will follow later on. We may not grow here, but we grow all over the world. You know, we have cheap all over the world. Thousands of people. Right now, our church may have 400 members, but out there, we have thousands of people around Thailand, around the world. I'm happy. We impact people in the real way, not surface way. Mountains, strong church. God want to feed them in the good church. God want His people to be in a good, strong church, gathered together by the water courses and in all the inhabited places of the country. Water courses is the flow of the spirit. So in that mountain, there is a flow, moving, filling, big, big Holy Spirit there. Water keep flowing in the place, the place that welcome the Holy Spirit. Okay, and inhabited people are so stable. Why women like to have a house? Because it's about security. You want security. That's why you want to have a home to live in. You don't want to be on the street. That's right. So inhabited means you have a house. You have spiritual security in that place. Mm. That God's people come in, find spiritual security, strength, and anointing, the glory, the good teaching, the church that has victory, church that can impact the world, can, you know, help people, not weak church. God's Jehovah wants His people to be in that kind of church. In the practical point today, we try to build a good church the best we can. Mountains. We want to have mountains. We want to have the water crosses, the river flowing. We want to be a church of security in God. And as a shepherd, definitely, we need to do everything we can to help people to join the church. Not because we want numbers. Not because we want more tithe and offering. It's not our attitude. Our attitude is to see that people will be in the mountains. Last night, I have a care group and two single moms came to church. They are new in the church. They came here only two months. And I, oh, when I look at them, I feel like the 
Heavenly Father look at them. I think in my heart, I don't want them to go out again because these two have not gone to church for a long time, but they find our church and they like it. And I feel that I don't want them to go out in the world again. It's just my heart just pour out to this single mom that the husband dumped them. Oh, I feel like a dad to the daughter, and I went and talked to them, and I just tried to encourage them to stay in the church. And I want to let them know they are loved here. I want them to be here, not because I want their time, but I want them to be in the secure place, the place that they are loved, yes. and the kids gonna grow up in the house of God. So that they will not backslide, the kids will not go into the world because the mom brought them. So you see the heart of God. I will feed them with good pasture upon the high mountains of Israel. Shall their fold be? There shall they lie down in a good fold, and in a fat pasture. <laughs> shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel? I will feed my sheep. I will cause them to lie down," say the Lord. You notice that He repeated again and again and again, three times. I will feed them. I will give good pasture. You will lie down. In other words, so much food, so prosperous in the spirit, in the word. The church is so full of life. People can rest. I think lie down means two things. You can rest. No worry. I will feed. So that's why one of my desire is to look for, by the Spirit, good shepherd. Because I know I cannot do it by myself. It's so important to produce yourself, to multiply yourself, and they can do the same thing to another group of people. Because God want more shepherd to feed people. That's our church thinking. We want to produce more shepherds. We want more people to get involved. The more, the better. And that's our heart. You know, we want to see more group start, get more people in. Yeah. Not just about number. It's about we want people to come and get fed in the mountains, in the promised land, in the Garden of Eden. People come in and they're gonna be fed. They're gonna be strong, secure. They can rest in the Lord. They're strong Christian. They smile. Yeah. No, they're not like very weak Christian. <laughs> yeah, they're overcomers. Yeah. Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Produce soldier. A lot of <laughs> fighter. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amen. We are like an eagle up on the mountain. <laughs> so if we are strong Christians, the world cannot influence us that much. We are out there to influence them. We're strong, you know. We are well trained, so people talk. We still stand firm. The church should be that way. People in the church should be trained up, strong to the point that the world cannot influence them. To become the salt and the light. So that is the purpose of the church: is to train people to get people strong. So that is the shepherd heart to see God's sheep like that, to see His sheep strong in the mountains, and He say, "I will." Seek that which was lost and bring back that which has strayed, and I will bandage the hurt and the crippled, and will strengthen the weak and the sick. Church can be religious, 
The religious spirit. When you see somebody in walking with a long hair, smoking, yeah. they will say, "Bad, bad Christian. Uh-huh. Get out. Sit in the back. You smell. You you think judging. You just think that they are not good enough for you. Religious spirit. Mm-hmm. But God's spirit. When you see people broken, long hair, smoking, t- taking heroin, walking, your heart like, oh, you're in the right place. Come on in. We're g o n n a bandage you. We're g o n n a heal you. <laughs> you're g o n n a be set free here in this place. <laughs> That is the heart of God. He's not rejecting these people. He doesn't reject the hurt, the cripple. He bring them in. Healed, strengthened, <laughs> and bandaged. I remember when your husband Chad first came to church. He was sitting in a car, smoking, <laughs> taking drugs. Our church never reacted; just love and smile. <laughs> and I was thinking, we just show love, so he will keep coming back. <laughs> and I know one day this man gonna be set free, because we are the place of healing. We are the place of. Bandaging people, helping people—we're not the place of judging. We're the place of helping. So that is the heart of the Father, the Jehovah, not judging, not pointing finger to the weak, to the sinners. I want to have the spirit of God like that. I would destroy the fat and the strong. What does it mean? It means in the church sometimes there are people who are very arrogant. And religious, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious people, so they may mix into the church to come and destroy the church. They are not sincere. They look like cheap, but they are cheap that have wrong spirit. In these people, God say, if they don't repent, I need to punish them because they are coming to destroy the cheap. They bring in wrong spirit. Our church is very careful. We have to look at people's spirit. Making sure that they don't have the religious spirit, they don't come into control to act religious and with agendas or with the wrong attitude or with pride. Yes. We want the simple people who love God and what willing to be used of God, Amen. because we can train them. But the heart must be right, humble, loving, love people, simple, love the church. We don't want people who call themselves fat. I know a lot of Bible. Yeah, I'm fat. I'm strong, but they become hard-hearted. The Bible says in Amplified Bible, the heart is not right. They don't love people. Isaiah 40 verse 11. Isaiah 40:11. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. And gently lead those who are with young. Gently, our God is a gentle shepherd. He loves, he cares, he carries, and gently take care of his people. The shepherd in the church should be in the same attitude. Should treat people with gentleness, with love, caring. Not overbearing, or harsh, or authoritarian, or lording over people. We should be gentle and loving people because that's how our shepherd, Jehovah, is. He's very gentle. He's very loving. He care. He leads, 
He strengthens us. He encourages us. He's a good God. I admit to you that everything we do in our church here, I myself and everything, we try to imitate God the Shepherd. Why we spend time laying hand on people? Why we have lunch? Why do we spend time have care group talk? Encourage people because we want this place to be the place where God, the Jehovah, can manifest Himself through us, who He is. We are His hand, mouth, and eyes. I want Jehovah to manifest through my eyes, through my mouth, through my hand, to our church project, to our church activities. People come in need to see the real Jehovah, the Shepherd. This is what we learn from this scripture, and next time we're going to learn about Jesus as the Good Shepherd. We will develop our life that way. I believe this scripture really encourages us to have a shepherd heart and gentle. be gentle, pull up our sleeve, and always let God's Spirit fill our heart and think the same way God thinks all the time. You know, we need to be like Him, think like Him. Walk like him. Let him fill us with his heart, with his care and love, and treat people that way, the way God treats us. This world, especially in America, need to see the reality of God, not business, not organization, not just some big uh, organization that make a lot of money or something. I mean, where people need to see God. In America, the real God. How people can see it through us, through the good church. People walk in. Oh, God is this way, not the way I thought. That I see in other places. I never thought I'm a preacher. I was thinking that I am a father. I represent God because no one see God, but I want to represent the Father, and I'm the Father speaking to God's children. My attitude is not about I'm a preaching. I'm gonna preach to you, okay? You need to know this message. Yeah. I feel like telling the truth and try to communicate as a dad to the children, yeah. because I want the church to really show God, and God is the shepherd, is the father. He's not just a preacher. He's not just a talker. But he 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 loves people. The heart of God must be in us. Be gentle like a dove. But be wise as a serpent. So this is how I live. When people come and ask me for help, first of all, I will talk to God. Hello, God. Should I help? Should I get involved with this situation? If God said do it, and He will say to me, no string attached, which means nothing in return, because God told me that if I give without string attached, without expecting anything in return, He is the one who's gonna bless me. Because I don't expect the the return from the receiver. If God give me green light, I do it. But if God show me don't get involved, stay away, that is like a serpent. Wisdom. God say you're gonna be in trouble. Don't get into that situation. I will say no. So sometimes wisdom includes saying no, and you can say no very lovingly. That. I cannot help you. I'm sorry. I don't want to get involved with this situation, and then just walk away. It's nothing wrong because you have limited time, you have limited resources, you have limited 
energy. You cannot help everybody in the world. You have to pick and choose according to God. When you help, and God say yes, you have to prepare your heart that they may turn around bite you. What it means is that you have to let go. I do this unto the Lord. If you are not nice to me, I'm not going to get hurt because I do it for Him, not for you. Sometimes you have to say no. You know why? Because Satan is tricky too. He will try to make you busy with something that you should not be busy about, so that you will not have time to do something is good. So you have to discern: is that from God or is that from Satan? Satan can make you so busy because you have 24 hours a day, and if you keep getting involved with something God doesn't want you to do, you waste your time away. And the people who need you that so good, they will not have your time, and they suffer. Life goes on. <laughs> you say no. Life goes on. You goes on. I go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we need to be led by the spirit for sure because we don't know people's attitude. We don't know what the devil is doing. We need to be led by the spirit all the time to save a lot of heartache later on. Yeah, mm-hmm. wasting time. yeah, wasting time. Mm-hmm. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away.